Welcome to the Lagan Valley Vineyard podcast. We are a community passionate about seeing the Lagan Valley area filled with the presence and the teachings of Jesus. If you would like to connect with us or if we can help you in any way, please visit our website, laganvalleyvineyard.com. Folks, you're so welcome. If we, if we haven't met before, uh, my name's Andy. I'm part of the team. We want to spend the rest of our time this morning talking about something new. Something that we've been thinking about for a while, something um, that we've been praying about for even longer. And uh, if you've been around us for um, years, you will have heard us stand up here many times and say, here at Lagan Valley Vineyard, we don't have a vision for church, we have a dream for a city. That the life of Jesus would come to every person and part of uh, this city of Lisburn and the surrounding uh, region. It was really catchy. We ordered ourselves around it. We talked about it every single week. And about 18 months ago, I felt like God spoke to me and said, uh, Andy, you really shouldn't say that anymore. And I said, why not, Lord? And he said, because it's not true. And uh, I didn't say anything to our staff, actually, about this. This was just a conversation God and I were having for months and uh, the really perceptive among you, actually, this is amazing how you know culture is kind of stuck. Around Christmas time, I had several people come up to me and be like, Andy, we haven't said that we don't have a vision for church or dream for a city in a while. I'm like, I know, can't tell you why. I'm still talking to the Lord about it. And uh, God and I were kind of arguing about this because whenever we started, um, you'll remember those of you who've been to Newcomers Nights or been around this, that we had three really specific pictures that we felt like that God God gave us about stuff that was going on in our city. And we've said all along that the church is not here for us. We are the church. We're here for the world. And that we are here to partner with God in bringing the life of Jesus to every single person and part of this city. But um, the reality is we do have a vision for the kind of church we want to be. And it's, it's deep in there. And we've actually led you into that many times when we've paid for funerals in the city, when we've called you to give sacrificially to different things that are going on in the world, when we've challenged you to love each other and do all that kind of stuff well. And so for about six months now, we've just been um, talking, praying, planning about how do we add this layer to how we think about ourselves as Lagan Valley Vineyard, particularly whenever it comes to how we do the kind of inner church stuff. And so we want to spend the next kind of 30 minutes or so walking you through some of what's going to underpin that. Laura's going to get up at the end and share some practical things. And um, we just want you to know that this is maybe going to feel a little bit different this morning. I'm, I'm not going to work my way through a passage of Scripture. I'm going to kind of go a little bit bigger to talk about um, some of that kind of stuff, and hopefully you'll find it helpful, and what hopefully you'll notice as well over the next few weeks, months, and years is this language of pathways uh, becomes much more familiar and common to you. I wonder, what would you say if I asked you to define the church? Like if I said, do you turn to the person beside you or behind you or in front of you and give them your best crack at a definition of church, what you would say? I'm not going to ask you to do that. We're under a bit of pressure for time this morning. But if you ask Google, right? If you ask Google, what is a church? This is what Google will tell you. Church is a building used for public or Christian worship. Now, people like me can stand on platforms like this 
and say, that's a really difficult biblical definition to arrive at. Like, if you're going to use the New Testament as our place to go to, to get a definition or an answer to what is the church, it's going to be really hard for you to find the definition, the church is a building. But if I asked you to give somebody directions to a certain place, this falls out of us all the time, doesn't it? We find ourselves going, you know, go past the train station, you'll see a church on your right-hand side, go on up there and then turn left, or you'll say, go to the top of the hill, turn right once you go past the church. We all buy into it, this definition, as soon as it comes to directions and lots of other things. The reality, you see, is that the church of Jesus was always supposed to be a people, not a place. The church of Jesus was always supposed to be a people, not a place. Whenever our kids were small and they used to ask us what those big old buildings with kind of pointy things on top were, I used to always lie to them and tell them they were castles. You know, better to lie than raise them with bad theology, right? <laughs> Some of you are like, is lying not bad theology? Anyway. anyway, which worked really well until our daughter got into a massive fight with her cousin about whether this building over here was a church building or, in fact, a castle. Language really matters. And so often we undermine what we're reaching for by the words we use to describe it. And the reality is when we settle for bricks and mortar and warehouse-looking things, as our definition of the church, we remove so much of what God had in his head and his heart whenever he had this beautiful idea of what would become known as the church. So let me ask you again, what is a church? There are two words absolutely central to how we understand, I think, God's blueprint for what the church should be and how we should think about it. First word is family. Family. And the second word is mission. These two words, absolutely crucial and critical if we're going to have a, I think, New Testament understanding of what it actually means to be the church, but not quite family and mission, but there's a third kind of word that's really helpful for you to get an understanding of the paradigm. I think we see it play um, in the New Testament, which is family on mission. Family on mission. The reality is the church is supposed to be a family and it's supposed to be on mission. And what's really interesting, if you've been around church any length of time, typically you get different groups of people attracted to one of those words or the other. Like you get the missional people who are just like, I couldn't be bothered, you know, being friends with people in church or sometimes even showing up on a Sunday. Just let me pray for people and tell people about Jesus and join in with what God is doing everywhere. I get so bored with the kind of touchy-feely, how are you stuff? No time for that. Let's get out there. The world needs the gospel, right? And then you get this other group of people who are like, people just need cared for. Like, you know, we need to care and we need to move at a pace where people can feel seen and loved. And oftentimes what happens is you get these two very different groups of people, the family people and the mission people, and they fall out and argue all the time. And, you know, we never kind of that's not what we're reaching for. And I don't think it's what the gospel allows us to settle for. The reality is that together we have to buy in to both family 
and mission, that we would learn how to become a family on mission together. And the reality is that the mission is sustained by how well we do family. Over the past seven years, we have emphasized massively the mission side of this. That was reflected in a pretty incredible way in our metric series when over 70% of you said you understood your everyday, ordinary lives to be part of the activity of the kingdom of God wherever you live. I love that so many of you are actively going with Jesus, learning to lean into your everyday, ordinary lives with his power and his presence. But the reality is that the more we go, the more important gathering together becomes. And as a church family, we gather weekly here on a Sunday and throughout the region every week in homes, coffee shops, around tables and for meals to worship, love, encourage and care for each other. But what does it actually mean for us to be family? What does that actually look like? What can we expect? What should we expect whenever we begin to think about this or talk about this? You see, the reality is that caring for each other is the responsibility of the whole church. It's far too important to be left to somebody like me or a small group of people. It's the responsibility of all of us. This is why Paul in his letters to the different churches in the New Testament spends so much time talking about how they treat each other. You could go so far as to say the integrity of the gospel relies upon this. How many times have we seen church scandals, financial abuse scandals, all that kind of stuff? What the, the fruit of that is a culture that is suspicious of the church, that undermines the power and the presence of God and the gospel. And of course, he's bigger than all of that kind of stuff. And the gospel is certainly not dependent upon how well we do this. But its integrity is affected by it. Do you imagine if I was standing up here every Sunday saying, Jesus will change your life. And he'll make life worth it. The language of the New Testament is that we're ambassadors. We're supposed to be a, hey, if you want to find out what life with God is like, get around the church. Get around those Jesus people and you'll discover how good he is and how they're able to stay in an atmosphere of hope in the midst of the wildest and most difficult circumstances in life. This morning's um, teaching text, which we didn't read earlier, is supposed to be Ephesians 4. Um, Ephesians 4.25, um, Paul says this. He says that we are members of one another. Isn't that, I, I find that quite challenging language, that we're not just attenders of a place or members of an institution, but we are members of each other. Some of you are going to look beside you and think, that's not great news this morning, Andy. <laughs> it's a pretty high bar of connection and at the end of the passage he goes on to say that we are to be kind to one another tender hearted forgiving each other as Christ forgave us see this thing called the church was never supposed to be an event that you show up to or a service that you consume church was always supposed to be a family that you're a part of connected to and contributing to now that being said learning to be family is difficult 
It's awkward. Indeed, that very word can be a barrier to many of us, depending on our own stories and life experience. The minute I say church is family, you're like, I am out. I've been so broken, so damaged by family. Here at Lagan Valley Vineyard, we recognize the challenge of this word, but we also know that so much of following Jesus is about learning to allow him to redeem our stories and teach us a whole new way of doing life. Is there anything more beautiful than those of us who would say that the word family evokes emotions of pain and brokenness, having that restored by Jesus? We're in Christ with each other. We learn how to see things, words, ideas that would cause us fear, anxiety, and pain be turned around to be sources of hope and life, and not just for us, but for the whole community. The truth is that families are messy. Families are messy. This is one of my favorite Proverbs. Proverbs 14.4 says that when the stall is empty, the manger is clean, but abundant crops come from the strength of an ox. It's almost Chinese proverb. You're like, wait, what? Basically saying this, a clean life, is an empty one. A clean life, everything in its place, no mess, is an empty life. The easiest way to keep everything neat and tidy in your life is not to let anyone else into it to mess it up. We've got several people in our community who have been married over the last six months. I'll not tell you who they are. (laughs) Most of them are on our staff. It's been so fun having different conversations over the past six months as they collide in the most beautiful and loving way. As two lives that used to be nice and ordered and, you know, adults just doing life and then you just put them in a house and watch what happens. It's beautiful, right? Family's messy. Maybe that's just mine. Yesterday morning we were going to Montalto with some friends and um, let's just say the morning didn't go that well. And I was not in my best dad form. None of the kids were in their best kid form. And Dana had to rescue it. Before we left the house, she said, family meeting, everybody on the sofa. I was like, yes, kids, get on the sofa. And she said, you sit down too. <laughs> we had this moment where she beautifully led us in All of us have made some bad choices this morning. And we're going to make different choices for the rest of the day. It's lasted just about until we got to Montalto. We understand here that mess is inevitable. It's inevitable. Try and do life with anybody and sooner or later you're going to bump into some mess. But the reality is so much of our relational challenges come from one of two places, unmet or uncommunicated expectations. So much of our challenge, particularly whenever it comes to church, have their roots in uncommunicated or unmet expectations. And so as we seek to grow learn how to be family together, I want to be really clear on some expectations. I'm literally going to give you some bullet points right, on what we are trying to sign up to together. The first one 
is this. We expect to make mistakes and let each other down. Just any pressure you ever felt in here for being perfect, just release that right now. We fully expect to make mistakes and let each other down. Might be helpful if I just let you all know that I'm going to make mistakes and let you down. The beginning of our... uh, my teaching last Sunday, I made a joke about James. It was pretty unsensitive and not thought through. It wasn't written. It was off the cuff. Some of you are like, what did he say? I can't remember. You know. <laughs> but the reality is that James and I had to have a hard conversation last Monday where he's like, that didn't feel good. And I was like, you're totally right. That was not a kind thing for me to say, and I'm really sorry. We make mistakes. We let each other down. Secondly, we expect to need to do the work of forgiveness with each other often. We expect to need to do the work of forgiveness with each other often. If you're struggling with forgiveness, it might helpful, be helpful for you to understand that forgiveness is work. It's not just something that like bubbles up out of you. It's not like someone really offends you and you kind of harbor all this stuff and then one day you walk out of your house into the car and it's like whap and you're like, I'm ready to forgive. That's not how forgiveness works. Forgiveness is like a muscle and if you never exercise it, guess what? You can't pick much up with it. We need to do the work of forgiveness with each other often. Um, This next one's really important. We expect all of us to want to grow and partner with God in the deep work of spiritual formation and personal growth. We expect you to actually want to grow. So if you get around us long enough, get into lots of different environments, you're going to bump into this. We have an expectation that you want to grow. This next one would be uh, really helpful for any of you who are married. We expect each other to take responsibility to communicate what's going on in our lives. We expect you to take responsibility to communicate what's going on in your life. Listen, God speaks to us. We absolutely believe in that. Words of knowledge and the prophetic and all that sort of stuff. But here you need to understand this. We are not mind readers. you've got stuff going on in your lives we need you to share it we expect the staff and leaders of Lagan Valley Vineyard to be responsive and available to the community that is my expectation of myself and anybody that leads in any capacity here and our staff finally we expect the community of Lagan Valley Vineyard if they need the office or staff to communicate that need I know there are times when we've uh, got this wrong, when we've made mistakes. Equally, I know there's been times, some of you even in this room have had some conflict with us, where we haven't been there. But when we actually get into the conversation, something mega is going on in your life, it's like, I didn't know. How, how would I know? We, we need to learn how to take responsibility to communicate what's really, really going on. It is so much easier to live with the, they should just know, right? They should just know. So, so, some of you are getting very nervous. You're like, shut up, Andy. This is every week in my marriage. <laughs> I 
Here at Lagan Valley Vineyard, we want to create opportunities for support, friendship, and care. We want to create spaces and environments. We work quite hard at doing this, of places where you can connect to each other and share what's, what's going on, but no amount of environments or spaces can do the work for you of saying, here's what's actually going on. But maybe helpful to just spend a minute talking about why is any of this important? Like, why? Is it just that churches are kind of soft, feely places that, you know, you're supposed to do that? Jesus in John 13 commands his disciples to love each other as he has loved them. Indeed, he goes further to say that the world's ability to identify us as a church and belonging to him depends on how well we do that. That drives me crazy. I wish, he said, the world's ability to know that you're mine and respond to the gospel will be dependent upon how slick your services are or how strategic your approach to mission in the city is or fill in any other kind of thing. That's not what he says. He says they'll know that you're mine by how you treat each other. It's hard, but it's so, so, so important. We take these words here really seriously. And we want to do all we can to help each other live up to them. We believe that love and forgiveness are inseparable. And we long to be the kind of community that nurtures healthy, wise, and caring relationships. In particular, times of crisis or difficulty, we want to be a community that is both caring and helpful. That's really, really important. Because sometimes the most caring thing we can do for each other is tell each other the truth. Sometimes the most caring thing we can do is say, you know that habit that's going on in your life? It's ruining your life, ruining your relationships. Not seeking to be harsh, but sometimes the caring thing is a confrontation with the truth. It's really important that you know we believe in both supernatural breakthrough and the application of wisdom. Supernatural breakthrough and the application of wisdom. I can't tell you the amount of times in my 15 odd year of pastoral ministry of one sort or another, the amount of times I've watched people make consistently foolish decisions praying for God to do a miracle in their life. God's going to change this. God's going to break in and change this whilst my spending is out of control and my internet habits are ridiculous and I don't prioritize any kind of sense of health or wholeness in how I order or structure my life. We believe in supernatural breakthrough. We've seen so much of that over the last seven years. Equally, we believe in the application of wisdom. Furthermore, we recognize that there are often situations and circumstances that require the expertise of people found outside of the church. We know that there are things going on in your lives that we don't have the answer for. It's really, really important. Now, we don't want to just kind of signpost you on your way and wave and hope things get sorted out. We want to walk with each other as we journey towards health and wholeness. But we know that there are times when we need to connect you to agencies and organizations and things that are going on outside of this place. Our conviction is that the pathway to health and wholeness is always one of partnership between God, individuals, and the wider community. It's always 
those things. And I want to, just before I hand over to Laura to talk through some practicalities on this, talk about some values that um, sort of inhabit this whole kind of thing. The first value that we want to talk about is empowerment. Galatians 1 verse 5 says it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. We believe that the most caring thing we can do for people is lovingly empower them to take responsibility for their own spiritual, emotional, physical health to make different or new choices that lead them to health and wholeness. We are not caring for people when we allow them to become dependent upon us. Sometimes it can feel really good for us. We want to be a place that empowers people to be actually free. Free to prioritize or choose or do different things with their life. Secondly, and if you've been around us, you'll know this will not be a surprise to you. We know that there is no transformation without honesty. Nothing changes without honesty. Colossians 3 verse 9 says, Do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices. How many of you would say that lying is not good? Like, it's not a good idea. It's not a trick question. You're like, um, I'm not sure. I think most of us at least, I hope most of us are like, lying's not a good idea, right? But when you walk in here on a Sunday or you show up to a tribe and someone's like, how's it going? And your life's falling apart and you go, fine. You know that's a lie, right? Learning to be honest, it's risky and it is so important. We believe that honesty is the bedrock to every healthy relationship and the precursor to any transformation in our lives including the moment we connect with God. It is impossible to be too broken for God. It is possible to be too proud. Nothing wrong here, God. Life's sweet. Meanwhile, everything's unraveling. And the moment he's looking for, and we're looking for, just a moment where you go, I'm a mess, can you help me? Time and time and time again, that's the moment where God goes, I'm so glad you asked. Of course, here I am. Honesty, so, so, so important. Thirdly, patience. Ephesians 4, verse 2. Be completely gentle and humble. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. You ever notice that uh, when you sign up to the tribe, any of you that have been a part of a tribe, there's usually at least one person in the tribe. It's really annoying. You ever notice that? <laughs> Some of you are like, I wish there was only one. <laughs> and then you're like, I'm going to try another tribe. So you, know, you wait until it's an appropriate time where it's not weird with the tribe leaders for you to swap, you know. Maybe like see out the term or just show up intermittently and then next term sign up somewhere else. And you show up and you're like, shapers, that person's exactly like that other person. <laughs> it's kind of a little strategy from God to help you grow. Part of how the church works. We're not all supposed to be like each other. There are people around us that we find difficult. We need to learn how to be patient. Learn how to bear with one another in love. It grows something in your soul that is almost impossible to find in the culture that we live in. Value for people who aren't like us. Patience and love for people we would naturally find irritating and annoying. It's a beautiful testimony to the work of God in the community. They drive me crazy 
And somehow I have affection towards them because I've learned how to bear with them in love. Being patient with each other is so important. And then finally, hope. Romans 5, 3 to 5. We know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We believe that a heart connected to God is a heart saturated in hope. And no matter how bleak the outlook, we will always seek to root ourselves in God's hope and restorative power. This is so, so, so important, particularly whenever we're walking through dark and difficult days, that we allow God by His Spirit to saturate us in His hope and that that radiates out of us into each other. Learning to be family is hard, but it requires us to buy in to a posture of empowerment, honesty, patience, and hope. I want to invite uh, Laura up um, for a minute to just walk through some of the practicals of some of how this might look and how you can engage with it. And then I'm going to uh, offer a few thoughts uh, to close and then we'll pray. Thanks, Luke. Good morning. I like that someone said good morning, Laura, there. That was nice. Yes, my name is Laura, as Andy said, and I am a part of the team here at Lagan Valley Vineyard. And I'm telling you that because my job at Lagan Valley Vineyard is connections pastor. Um, And what I hope that that will do is connect people with people and our community with things that are happening within our city through the work of compassion. And as Yvette leads that as well. I'm just going to lay in a secret. It's a very nerve-wracking thing to share a stage with your boss. (laughs) But you can ask Andy how that goes after if you want. <laughs> Are you joking? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Only the very intellectual among us got that joke, but that's okay. We know from the Metric series, if you haven't been with us over the last couple of months, we did a series called Metrics where we took a couple of surveys every week to kind of measure what is happening within our community and how we as a staff and we as a community can best serve you and each other. And we know from that, from that, uh, from the series, that over 60% of you expressed wanting to be more connected here at Lagan Valley Vineyard. This is quite hard to figure out because each and every single one of us, as we sit in this room, we all come with different expectations of how we want to connect and what that looks like for us. But hopefully, through pathway, pathways, and as we learn to communicate with each other, we can help facilitate that not only here in this place, but for everybody who comes into this place to call it family or home. And as we do that, and as we clash among that, and as we have patience for each other, and as we do that together as family, we all realize that we have different levels of commitment, different levels of friendship, and different levels of honesty. And this is when it can become really different. And what I'm about to share with you is, and what I'm about to share with you, what we hope is that actually you realize that who you are, the stage of life that you're in, and what you're living through is incredibly important to us. That is the point of Pathways. That is the reason for it. And as we learn to do this well, and as we make mistakes, and as we get better, our hope is that you feel connected. That if this is your first Sunday, or you have been with us from the very start, or you have connected within that time frame, we hope that each and every single one of us gets the part to be in Pathways. 
And whenever I say us, just as I'm talking, I don't mean us as our staff, I mean us as our community, how we learn to be this for each other. My hope for the following is that we create clear avenues of care and connection and to empower each of us to do this for ourselves and to do it for one another. And no matter how you show up or what stage of life you show up or who shows up, that you know that you are allowed to be yourself in this place. So what we have created in Pathways is a different, a couple of different elements to help you be able to see how you can connect. And at hopefully at some stage in life, if you go through any of these, you know that you can rely on us and rely on each other. So it's going to come up on the screen. There are six elements to Pathways. Celebration, community, family support, milestone moments, mental well-being, and crisis support. Each of the following areas will take a wide variation of staff and community involvement. And as we seek to communicate well with, with another, your first point of contact might be the office. It might be a staff member. It might be your tribe leader. It might be a children's or youth leader, if that is the stage of life that you're in. Or it might be a friend to you in our community. Some moments will have a very obvious and clear line of communication. You will know who to go and ask. You will know who to go and say that this is happening. But other times it seems a wee bit more murky and you're actually quite unsure how you approach who you are with a person or with a staff member. Because sometimes, let's be honest, our words fail us when life is difficult. And it seems weird just to blurt it out. And that's okay, because sometimes it's easier to put in an email or to make a phone call or to approach a staff member. And that is completely allowed in this place. Some moments, as I said, will have a more obvious line of communication, and other situations will be a wee bit more complex. Some will involve another agency, some will involve various people within our community and outside of our community. But what we hope from here in this place is if you need professional guidance or help, is that we can support you. Other scenarios might involve the involvement of solely a staff member. This might be a wedding or a funeral or something along those lines. And our reason for decisions will be, will be based on what we believe to have your best interest at heart. We will exercise our experience and we will also listen to God's wisdom and his guidance. I'm just going to take a couple of minutes to go through what each of these mean. And you might just to give you some language as to, well, what does it mean if I'm um, in the pathway of celebration? What does that actually mean? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> the first one is community. So that might look for you, what we are saying is tribes, events, if you're a newcomer you might go to a newcomer's event, the event that is happening next Saturday. Those places are to facilitate connecting and meeting with people, to be able to say this is who I am, this is what's happening in my life, where it might just be for fun, like what next Saturday will be. That is simply a place for us to facilitate connecting with other people. Celebration, celebrating the important life moments. We don't want Pathways just to be about the down things of life, the things that are difficult, but actually the things that bring us real joy, things that are, that are there to be celebrated. And that might look like launching a new career or a business, educational success, or transition from school. We want to be a community that prioritizes celebrating the good, the things that Jesus is doing in our life that we feel blessed by, and for us to engage in a culture of gratitude through all seasons, whether that be celebration or whether that be something difficult. The next element that I want to let you know about is milestone moments for that. This really looks like uh, births, dedicate, baby dedications, engagement, marriages, funerals, and baby dedications. I think I said that, baptisms. And we all engage in these. You know where you can go to be able to contact with someone like that. You either sign a connection card or you'll email someone in our staff. And that one is quite obvious as to how you go about doing that. The next one is mental well-being. Learning to talk about our mental well-being in a healthy approach. 
learning to hold intention, the proactive and the reactive nature of our minds, our mental health, for those of us who are working through depression, anxiety, loneliness, or another form of mental health, how do we care for you in this moment, and how do we, we as staff and as your community support you? How do we know our limitations and where professional help is needed? This is really important as we journey this. In the kind of culture that we are in, everybody has mental well-being and everyone will go through something. And what we are saying is that we are here for you in any season of life. The next one is family support. What does it look like to be supported as you learn to be a family, as you have lots of kids, after you have, we have every different shape and size of family within this community. And it's really important that you know that we are here to support you within that. That might look like marriage or relational advice. That might look like children and youth environments, early years, foster and adoption, or wherever a place that you find yourself in. What we hope to be able to do is to help you find a place of connection or help in whatever you need. And the last one is crisis support. You might find yourself um, at some stage in life being in a crisis and you're unsure of who you can turn to. And what we want to say is, is that you can turn to us as a staff and as a community of people. And that might look like financial debt. That might look like addiction. That might look like a short-term or long-term illness. Or you might have a bereavement in your family and you need long-term support. And what we want to say is, we are here for you within that. Each of these areas are not a list of what we say that we will do, but it is a helpful place to put language and guidance to say that we, as LVV, are here for each other in all seasons of life to support and guide where we can. And where we are, we, we are limited, we will seek out agencies, professionals, and caregivers to give you the best support, not to fob you off, not to say that we don't want you here, but to give you the best support. Us recognizing our limitations actually is the best thing for you. In emotionally healthy churches, people live and lead out of a place of brokenness and vulnerability, learning to share your stories, the ones that you have lived in and the ones that you have lived through. Your words might be a source of life, healing and hope to another person. And as we learn to have patience for one another and as we grow in this together, our weaknesses connect us through cultures, classes and ages and to allow the space to build whole and healthy relationships with one another and learning to lean on Jesus for our strength. Our hope is that you will find a pathway of connection, whether you are just in a place of wanting to be a newcomer, whether you're in a place of crisis, we hope that you will be able to connect with us. And on a really, really personal note, it would genuinely grieve us to know that you showed up to this place and you felt like somebody didn't care for you, or you felt like who you were or what you were going through wasn't allowed to be in this place because it's maybe never mentioned from the front, or you're unsure about who you can talk to. Talk to us, communicate with us. We want to know, and where we feel, we will have grace for each other, but what we hope will happen is that we will create a healthy and whole, vibrant community as we learn to interact better with each other and with our staff. That's me. The truth is out. Laura is the real boss. <laughs> um, oh, so good. Um, I just want to emphasize every time we say we, we mean we, not me, not Laura, not just our staff. And uh, that's, that's so, so, so important. Um, but as we, as we close, it's really important you hear from me that we have a vision for the church 
that we would learn to be family together and that we will never give up on the dream that we have for our city and the surrounding area, that the kingdom of God would come and be established and bring life and hope, the person and presence of Jesus into every single life, every single man and woman and child that calls this place called the Lagan Valley home. We uh, fully expect over the next few weeks and months to be talking about this a little bit more. We are in the process of putting this into some kind of uh, book kind of thing, everything we've talked about this morning, so that you can actually have it, you can read it, you can you know, reflect on it and you ask questions about it and all that sort of stuff. So there will be more to come on this. But uh, I just want to say thank you so much to all of you that actually every single day and every single week are already engaged in just the most incredible ways of caring for each other and others that are around uh, uh, this this community, you do an amazing job, and we want to kind of harness that and multiply that, that it's not just a few of us, but that it's actually everybody. If you're able, just as we close, will you stand and pray for us? Maybe it's helpful for you to close your eyes. Maybe it's helpful for you to raise your hands. I'm just going to take a moment and wait, and then I'm going to pray. Father, thank you that you are love. Thank you that the church was your idea. And Lord, this morning uh, we want to confess that we have imposed our own personalities and preferences upon it. And we ask you to forgive us for that. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would be Lord here of your church. And Holy Spirit, we invite you to empower us to build the kind of community that's in your heart. Lord, we recognize that family is difficult, that we let each other down, Would you establish a community of grace here? Of hope and of life. For the sake of all those who call Lisburn and the Lagan Valley region home. And Father, I pray once again, by your spirit, would you send us from here into our lives, into our families, our neighborhoods, our places of work, to join in with what you're doing in that place. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen.